The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 22 Trinity Church I exit the Lavender and Roses Society and draw in a breath, relieved no one takes notice of Sapphire or me on Central Park West. I can call a cab. I pull out the New York Red Top taxi card. Sapphire points up Central Park West. You can put that away. Let's take the subway. It's quick and the C train stops near Trinity Church. I've never ridden the subway. An odd twinge fires in my gut. But we walk along Central Park West and stop at the top of some cement stairs going down, down, down. A sign on a stone wall reads, Subway. I swallow my breath. Wait, your subway isn't above ground? I can't go underground. Too dark, too dense, too demon-like. This portion of the subway is underground, but it's well lit and transit police ride it regularly, so we'll be okay. Sapphire's already taken three steps down. Okay, sure, maybe. I force myself to walk down the steps, counting one, two, three. I reach the first landing and stop, beads of sweat dotting my forehead. The ground vibrates, 4,000 hooves of a 1,000 Mustangs and a 1,000 head herd of thunder. My fingertips and sweaty palms touch the landing stone wall. What the heck is that? It's just a train entering the station. A half chuckle trickles from Sapphire, but I'm not appreciating any humor here. Passing me and walking up the stairs, a fast-stepping young girl, maybe seven or eight, her little engine that could smile says, Get out of my way, world. These steps are mine. Come on, Abelito. You promised you'd take me to see the stars at the Hayden Planetarium. You promised. She pounds each step. Her hand guides, pulls, drags an older, wiry man behind her. Hold on, Nieta, the older man says. There's plenty of stars to go around, he says his tone smooth. They hurry past us. The feel-good moment passes. I exhale and wipe my palms against my pants and stare down the steps and sloping dark tunnel. Come on, Boone. The tunnel isn't that grim or foreboding. It's just a passageway wrapped in white ceramic tiles. Just once, I'd love underground passageways to feel like they expand when I walk instead of contracting and filling me with overwhelming dread. I force myself down and forward. Is the ceiling getting lower? There's a glimmer of concern on Sapphire's face. You're imagining things. Just relax. My chest tightens. My heart races. My fingers tug at my collar. Then... The light bulb at the end of the tunnel flickers, flashes, bursts. Pop! 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 All the lights down the tunnel go out one by one. I've never seen lights blow like that. Sapphire digs her fingernails into my arm. The end of the passageway is pitch black. The stench of death and decay rummages its way up my nostrils. 
What is that smell? Sapphire asks. It's always the same. Stench first. But there's something different. Do you, you see that? Sapphire says. Familiar, hungry red eyes full of insatiable hunger float at the end of the passageway. The hairs on my arms and neck stand at attention. Okay, it's not all in my head if she's experiencing this too. The passageway amplifies the beast's growl. The rumble curdles my breakfast. A howl follows. The howl curdles my blood. We have to get out of here. It's a wendigo. I grab her hand and pull her back up the stairs. Wendigos are real? Sapphire looks back. Eyes on the stairs. My breath is loud and deep. My vision is fuzzy. And my heart skips beats. Move, move, move. We scramble toward the exit, run into the sunlight. I suck in air, spin, take a fighter's stance, guide Sapphire to get behind me, and stare at the top of the stairs. People stream past and pay us no attention. We're not riding the subway today. I pull out the New York Red Top taxi card and touch it to my brow and think of going to Trinity Church. Seconds later, a New York White Top taxi drives up to the curb. The front windows are down. Wendigo by Mara in the mainsail plays on the radio. You call for the taxi? The driver tips his white cap. I'm Boris. You met my two other brothers, Dimitri and Peter. I breathe in, relieved and calm. His taxi's back door pops open. We climb in. Thanks, Boris. To Trinity Church. Hang tight. He speeds from the curb. Ella Fitzgerald singing Take the A Train on the radio. Ha! I'm not taking a train or subway. 75 Broadway. Here we are. Trinity Church, Boris says. How much? One song about New York. What is it with you and your brothers and songs about New York? An image of Ryan Adams pops in my head, and I sing, New York, New York. A curious expression dances on Sapphire's face. That was beautiful. Have a good day, Boris says. Two decorative bronze doors mark Trinity Church's entrance in front of us, where a sign on an easel reads, 20 Extraordinary Violin Pieces. The panel images on each door feature six sculpted scenes. You know Trinity Church's brass doors are famous, Sapphire says. The first scene is about morality. The other scenes capture sin, time, tradition, eternity, and divine justice. Sapphire says this like everyone should know this. The eternity panel is striking and surreal. The figure's face reminds me of Ambrosage. The panel is just a coincidence. My mind's fixated on Sinti. My mind's just messing with me. Inside the church, the cold air is a relief from the extra warm May day. Stained glass windows float in the walls. Beautiful luminescent narratives shine with brilliant heavenly stories and symbolism. Sapphire reaches over and closes my jaw. 
you've never seen stained glass before? Not like this. Two young boys appear. Both wear white button-down shirts, black pants, black patent leather shoes. Both have cheerful, innocent grins. Both wave headsets in our faces. Headsets and remote? Thank you. Two, please, I say. Donation, please. The boy's voice is sincere. Five bucks. The second boy's tone is rehearsed. I hand over five dollars. Each, the first boy says. I push another five dollars into his hand. Trinity Church thanks you for your donation. Reverend Dave is expecting us. Can you point us in his direction? I ask. He's with some men, the first boy says. I'm Boone. What's your name? Thomas. I hold up a $5 bill. Thomas, if you find Reverend Dave for me, I'll donate some more. Okay. He snatches the money, hands me a brochure. Be right back. A smile breaks across my lips. What's so funny? Sapphire presses me. These boys made me remember my days as a choir boy. I can't believe you are a choir boy. Even with that choir boy face, Sapphire says. I hand her a headset and remote, and I examine the colorful trifold brochure, which shows the church's interior and descriptions. I point from the pillars depicted in the brochure to the actual pillars next to each pew. These are all marked with familiar musician names. I can lead too. Come on. Sapphire walks toward the first pillar, where there is a display case with a faded picture of Johann Sebastian Bach next to a weathered violin on a satin pillow and a piece of torn sheet music on a mini easel. A sign at the base of the case reads, Enter 1A. I put the headset on, Enter 1A on the remote. A voice in my ear announces, Air on the G-string from Bach's orchestral suite number three in D major, and the song plays. The music fades, and a man's rich baritone voice recounts Bach's life and experiences, his contributions to music, the significance of this violin piece. Sapphire's face radiates happy knowing. This piece is engaging, because Bach hooks us in with this restless yet intriguing harmonic movements. Can you feel how rich and beautiful this piece is? Sapphire's tone holds enamored respect and reverence. This composition is only 18 bars long. There is no stop in motion. There aren't any held notes or breaks. There's only a continual moving restlessness from one harmony to the next. Easy to miss because it's a slow piece. You know your Bach, I say. Everyone knows Bach. Her fingers of one hand grip her remote. Her other hand rests over her heart. The next pillar displays Tchaikovsky. The voice on the headset talks about Tchaikovsky's powerful violin concerto, which plays. Sapphire latches onto my arm. I love Tchaikovsky. He's a master of harmony, rhythm, and melody. The embodiment of the Russian spirit. A trio of two men and one woman stand in front of the pulpit with violin cases under their arms. I wonder what they're performing today, I say. Sapphire turns her focus to the trio. Are you wishing there was time to watch them too? 
Okay, we both love music. I look at the brochure, find Paganini's name. Paganini's in that case on pillar number three. Pillar three is where we go. She pulls me along like a kid jacked up on sugar in a toy store. A pitter-patter shiver tickles my spine. Where's Paganini's picture? Relax. You know what's better than a picture? What? That violin in display case number three? And that's not just any violin. That's a Stradivarius. Her breath catches. Of the twenty violins in Paganini's collection, ten were Stradivari, passed to his son Achille when he died in 1840. Did you learn that from Wicambi? I ask, sharp and thick with sarcasm. She casts me a, you'll pay for that later expression. There's an empty mini easel in the case. I bet that's where Paganini's sheet music should go, but it's gone, I say. Then I hear a gurgling croak. I turn to the trio of musicians by the pulpit, but don't see anything but them. A gurgling croak sounds again from the pulpit area. Do you hear that? I scan the front row of pews. Ill what? Sapphire asks. That gurgling croak, the sound a raven makes. It's deeper and more musical than a crow's simple scratchy caw. It's how you can tell them apart. My tone is heavy with confidence. But how is a raven in a church? Then I see a bronze eagle statue to the right side of the pulpit. Did that statue just move? The statue's bronze shell falls away, and the black raven ruffles its feathers, shakes off any remaining bits of bronze. Craw, craw. The raven lifts from its perch, flies at me, swoops. The air stirs above our heads. Craw, craw. The raven circles and then disappears through a doorway to the right of the pulpit. Come on. We follow the raven. My feet in motion. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 23. 24 Caprices. <laughs>